hey, you need to know this now about the scroll in the right hand of him who sat on the throne in Revelation chapter 5 and Joseph's story, Old Testament Joseph, because when Joseph was raised up out of that place of the condemned, right, and he was brought before the throne, he was the only one found worthy in all of the land, the only one found who could reveal the dreams which were from God that Pharaoh had of the future, what was going to happen in the future, that seven-year time of great abundance, the great harvest, and then that seven-year time of great trouble, the famine, right? When Israel comes back to him and they were saved, all of Israel. But remember his wife, his Gentile bride, Asenath, was with him. Hey, we're going to look at that in this episode, you guys. Hey, I'm so excited about this. My name is George Crabb. Welcome to this channel. If you're new here, um, welcome. Hey, hit the subscribe button down below. You won't miss anything. Make sure you hit that little bell too. We're going through the book of Revelation and we're using the Old Testament, much of it, because the book of Revelation references the Old Testament like 400 and something times, but we're using stories like Joseph to understand the book of Revelation, the final book of the Bible. All right, you guys. Hey, love you guys who um, have been subscribing. And, and, and you guys, I consider you guys my friends. Please comment down below and give your comments. I, I will respond to every single one of them, I promise. All right, let's get into it, guys. Okay, so this channel, we're all about using the whole Bible all of it, the whole counsel of God to understand books like Revelation, right? So that's what we do here. So Revelation 5 starts like this. I saw in the hand or in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. So here is a little image of a scroll, right? This is actually the Isaiah scroll that was found in the um, the Dead Sea uh, caves, the caves of the Qumran caves where they found these in 1947. And, uh, and this was a complete scroll of Isaiah. But I wanted to show you guys this because... There's a, there's a scroll in the right hand of he who sat on the throne. And it said that it was written on the inside and on the outside with seven seals. Now, this is interesting because in those days, okay, in ancient Israel days, and we, we got to look at the book of Ruth. Again, we're in the Old Testament. The book of Ruth shows us something amazing because there was a title deed for land, okay? In Israel, you could not purchase land from a family and keep it forever because when those jubilees came and after like 50 years, the great jubilee comes, you wouldn't own it anymore. It goes back to the rightful owner, back to the original family, which was brilliant by God, right? Because he's making sure that the land of Israel belongs to the 12 tribes and the portions that the 12 tribes were given originally. So it stays with them forever. Well, the, the title deed, I believe it's the title deed to the earth, but the scroll that was in the right hand of he who sat on the throne in Revelation 5, I believe it's the title deed to the earth. Because in the story of Ruth, remember, it was the kinsman redeemer that you had to be a relative and you had to, be, you had to pay for the land 
and then you would get this scroll and on the outside of it it would have your name or your family name on the outside and then on the inside when you broke the seals and and unrolled it you would see that you paid for it that it's yours a certificate saying it's yours and so that's what we see here and it also it shows in the book of Revelation, it's showing what's happening. That when these seals are broken, events take place in the book of Revelation that that are like the birth pangs in a, in a way for this new birth of this new millennial kingdom that's going to come for 1,000 years. Because the book of Revelation says it six times in seven verses in Revelation 20 that there'll be a thousand year reign of Christ. And those of us who are his bride... Uh, and and his people will reign with him. Isn't that amazing, you guys? So awesome. So the scroll, that's what we see in the right hand of he who sat on the throne, and no one's found worthy. And we're going to look at that right now. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and to break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth, or under the earth, was able to open the scroll and to look into it. Then I began to weep greatly, because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. So who is worthy to take this scroll? John begins to weep. He's really upset about this. And we might be thinking like, well, what's the big deal, dude? It's a scroll. Why are you weeping? No, 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 no. He sees the significance of this scroll in heaven. He knows that it's it's to restore all things to even nature itself. And the Bible tells us that, that nature itself is groaning for that day when the Messiah comes in. He restores all things to how they were, right? When Adam and Eve were here, back to what they should be. And, and John knows that when he's, I believe, when he's watching this scene and, and no one could open the scroll. Nobody could reveal the contents of this, of this scroll and read it. Well, that reminds us of Joseph's story, right? Old Testament Joseph. And he was a big portrait and a biography and a, and a picture of Jesus, of Yeshua, the Messiah. And we're going to look at that, you guys. So let's look at it right now. So Old Testament Joseph's story. In Genesis chapter 41, verse 8, this is where Pharaoh had those dreams and and Joseph's before him. And Pharaoh told them his dreams, but there was no one who could interpret them for Pharaoh. Doesn't that remind you of the scripture that we just looked at, that no one could open the scroll? And then in Genesis 41, 14, then Pharaoh sent word and called for Joseph and they hurriedly brought him out of the dungeon. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has informed you of all this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. So Pharaoh, he who sat on the throne, right? He has Joseph raised up out of that place of the condemned. Remember there was two in there with him earlier, the, the cupbearer and the, and the baker. And remember the cupbearer was restored to the king, given life. The baker was cursed and he was killed. Remember Jesus, there was two on both sides of Jesus. 
And one of them was restored. Remember, Jesus turned to him after he repented. He said, we're sinners, he told the other guy. And then he said, Lord, remember me in your kingdom. And Jesus turned to him and he said, truly, truly, I say to you this day, you will be with me in paradise. So that guy was restored to life. Well, we know Joseph shows us that picture. He was down there in the dungeon. That happened, that place of the condemned. Now he's raised up. He who sat on the throne had him raised up and brought before the throne. And no one was found worthy in all of the land. No one was found able to reveal these dreams that the Pharaoh had, what they meant. But Joseph was found worthy. Well, we know in the book of Revelation, Jesus is going to be found worthy too. We're going to look at that. But first, we're looking at Joseph's story because this is amazing how the Old Testament explains to us books like Revelation and and other books in the New Testament. You got to use the whole counsel of God, all of it, you guys. Hey, if this brings value to you, please consider subscribing. Hit that button down below and make sure you hit the little bell because this is exciting stuff. This is stuff that's going to happen in the future, you guys. This is powerful stuff. And you're guaranteed a blessing when you go through this book, the book of Revelation. It says that in chapter one. God promises that. All right, let's continue, guys. Okay, so Genesis 41. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has informed you all this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. So Pharaoh, he says, there's no one as wise and discerning as you. We see that same picture in Revelation chapter 5, you guys. You're going to see it. Let's, let's keep looking, guys. Let's keep going. All right. And you, Pharaoh continues, he who sat on the throne continues about Joseph, you shall be in charge of my house and all my people shall be obedient to you. Only regarding uh, the throne, will I be greater than you? So Matthew chapter 28, Jesus, he spoke to them and he said this. He came up and spoke to them saying, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So you guys see that picture? All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. This is the resurrection, the resurrected Jesus Christ talking to his disciples. Pretty exciting stuff, right? I mean, this is so good. Well, watch this. Back to Joseph's story. Genesis 41. Pharaoh also said to Joseph, See, I have placed you over all, all the land of Egypt. So in the Bible, Egypt is portrayed as a type of the world in a lot of places. And here it's like God on the throne, Father on the throne telling Jesus, God the Son, Jesus, all authority has been given to you. Wow. Look at this. Jesus said it himself, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Joseph's story. See, I have placed you over all the land of Egypt. Then, in chapter 41 of Genesis, then Pharaoh took off his signet ring from his hand, and he put it on Joseph's hand, and he clothed him in garments of fine linen, and put a gold necklace around his neck. Watch this, you guys. Don't miss this. Watch this. So he who sat on the throne put a the signet ring, right? This is what would be used to like seal scrolls and things like that. 
And it's like saying you have all the authority. This is the the he who sat on the throne, the 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 king of all this land, gives him this ring. And Joseph being a picture and a type of the Messiah, Jesus, Yeshua Mashiach, right? Here we go. And then it says that he clothed him in garments of fine linen and put a gold necklace around his neck. Now, here we go. Watch this. Revelation chapter 1, verse 13. And in the middle of the lampstands, I saw one like the Son of Man, clothed in a robe, reaching to the feet, and wrapped around the chest with a golden sash. Whoa. Let's go back. Here's Genesis 41. Here's Joseph's story. Remember, he who sat on the throne clothed him in garments of fine linen and put the gold necklace about his neck. Let's go back to Revelation. Jesus is clothed in a robe reaching to his feet and he's in the, and wrapped around his chest a golden sash. Are you guys seeing this? The comparison? This is amazing. God put this story of Joseph way back. He made all this show, give us a picture and show us how we can understand books like Revelation, books that many people say are too hard to understand. Wow, God is so good. All glory to him and honor. Isn't that amazing? I love that. All right, let's continue in the scripture. And they proclaimed ahead of him, ahead of Joseph, this is Genesis 41, bow the knee. So they're proclaiming everyone, bow the knee, except for he who sat on the throne, right? And then Pharaoh named Joseph Zaphnath-Paneach, and he gave him Asenath, this Gentile bride. Now that name, Asenath, uh, uh, Zaphnath-Paneach, that was a lot of scholars interpret that as the savior of the age or God speaks and he lives. And that's the name that he who sat on the throne gave Yosef or Joseph, Yosef in Hebrew. Isn't that amazing, you guys? He was showing a picture of this scene in Revelation. He gets a new name. We're going to see that in Revelation also. And the name means God speaks and he lives. Jesus lives, you guys. And it also means the savior of the age. And what does he do after that? He gives him, he who sat on the throne, gives Joseph a Gentile bride named Asenath. Wow. Oh my goodness. Revelation 5. Let's continue in this, you guys. Let's continue. And one of the elders said to me, stop weeping. Behold, the lion that is from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has overcome so as to be able to open the scroll and its seven seals. And then John says, And I saw between the throne with the four living creatures and the elders a lamb standing, as if slaughtered, and some translations say as if slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he came and he took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. What a scene that John got to see. And I believe he was seeing the future, you guys. 
And he got to get a glimpse into that where Jesus is handed the title deed, I believe, the title deed to the earth. And that's good news for us and all of nature. The Bible even says, like I said before, that nature is groaning and waiting for that day to come. Amazing. I love that. Don't you? So he takes the scroll out of the hand that of he who sat on the right, of the right hand of he who sat on the throne, and he was the only one found worthy. And it's amazing to me because if think about it, David's in heaven. He wasn't, he didn't say, I'm worthy, I'll take it. Nope. Moses was up there in heaven. He didn't say, I can take that scroll. No. None of them stepped forward. Not Elijah, not Moses, not David, not even Joseph. I mean, none of them. They're all up there in heaven. They saw this too, but what happens? Only Jesus, the Lamb of God, as if he had been slain. The scars show his love, you guys. Those scars remain in his new body, and they will remain forever, I believe. He has those scars, the the, the side where he was pierced, the his, his hands and his feet pierced, the, perhaps the scars from the thorns on his brow. But scars can be beautiful, you guys. You know that the Japanese take like the golden uh, dishes. If they break, they don't just throw them away. They put them back together like pieces of a puzzle. But what they do is they solder in pure gold. And those cracks look beautiful because there's this beautiful gold in those cracks. In that same way, Jesus's scars are beautiful to to us in heaven because it shows us and reminds us forever and ever of his love for us, that he went and he was whipped and he was crucified on the cross and he did that for you and he did that for me, my friend. And it was all meant to be, you guys, all of it meant to be. And you're going to have an opportunity. If you're not a believer, at the end of this episode, I'm going to pray with you. You can repeat the prayer after me to receive Jesus Christ, to be born again, to be guaranteed to go to heaven as a child of God. All right? So hang in there to the end, and we'll have that prayer. All right, let's get back to the scripture. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Here's Joseph's story again. And they proclaimed ahead of him, bow the knee. Wow, what a comparison. Isn't that amazing? And then back to Revelation, each one holding a harp and a, and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. That is amazing in Revelation that we get that the the incense, the golden bowl, the incense was the was the prayers of the saints, the prayers of those who believe in Yahweh and Jesus and God. And what it shows us is that our prayers are precious to Him. He keeps them. He keeps our tears. It says in the Bibles as well, but He also keeps our prayers, and they're precious to Him. So that's what we see here. They. Uh, these these four living creatures, they have a, a bowls of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And we're looking at that right now, you guys, in the scripture. So here it is. Here's, a, here's that bowl right here with the incense. And here's the high priest. And the high priest would go in once a year, and this is the into this place, which is called the Holy of Holies, 
whether it was the tabernacle or the temple, later the temple, this was the most holy place in the temple. And this is where we know that it's called the mercy seat, which is on top of the ark. This is the ark of the covenant. And uh, right here is this solid gold mercy seat, which had two cherub, these two angels with their wings touching. And the seat was to remain empty because the Lord would come down and he would visit Moses here, his, his glory. He would come to this spot right here. And then once a year, what happened was the high priest would come in with the, the lamb, the, the, you know, the lamb without blemish. They would collect the blood from that lamb and he would sprinkle it upon this seat. And that was to give the forgiveness of sins to all of Israel and, um, and to cover their sins is what that was for. And here you see the golden bowl of incense going up into this holy place. And there's places in the Bible where it says that God breathes them into his nostrils and, he, and, he, and he's, he's happy to breathe in these prayers. They go into his mind, you guys, and he's listening to our prayers. Our prayers are so important. Don't ever think your, your prayers are unheard. Even if you don't feel it, God listens and he loves your prayers. They're precious to him. All right. Okay, so... The high priest would do this once a year. What's amazing about this is when Mary Magdalene came into the tomb where Jesus' body was laid, she saw an angel at the where the head was and where the foot was where Jesus' body laid, and he wasn't there. It was empty. Do you guys see the picture here? The mercy seat sprinkled with the blood of the lamb, Jesus being the lamb of God. And here we see it's empty. And this is where the glory of the Lord was. Wow. There is so much in the Old Testament for us to learn, you guys. If you're in Israel, you guys have it. You have the Tanakh. The Tanakh has, uh, you know, the books of Moses, the Torah, the first five books of Moses, the prophets, and then the writings, right? Or the Psalms and, and the Proverbs. And you guys have that stuff. And it all shows us the picture of Yeshua Mashiach who was the perfect Lamb of God. Amazing. All of this speaks of Him. All right, let's get back to the Scripture. Revelation chapter 5. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to break its seals. For you were slaughtered, and you purchased people for God with your blood. Wow. The blood of Jesus Christ is a powerful thing. When I hear songs, old hymns, where it speaks of the blood, the blood of, the, of Jesus, there's power in that. There's power, my friend. All right? Uh, his blood is precious. There's a song that says, nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Wow. Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Amazing. And it says in that, it continues in that chapter five here, from every tribe, language, people, and nation. So every ethnic group here is, is worshiping and praising Jesus. They said, for you have made them into a kingdom and priests to our God, and they will reign upon the earth. Then I looked, 
And I heard the voices of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and elders. And the number of them was myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands. And some interpretations and translations of that are like the 10 millions of 10 millions, time 10 million. That's a huge number, you guys. So, wow. That's what we see around the throne in heaven. It's an amazing scene. Don't ever think of that really boring thing of going to heaven as, as playing harps and floating on a cloud. That is the worst interpretation of heaven ever. Read Revelation and read this stuff. This is awesome. John is just blown away by this. And he saw a lot of things in his life. He saw the Jesus glorified, remember that, with um, Moses and Elijah on the top of that mountain with Peter. He experienced a lot of things, but this is just blowing his mind, you guys, this picture into heaven that he's seeing. All right, let's continue in the scripture. And those myriads upon myriads, those millions and millions were saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slaughtered to receive power, wealth, wisdom, might, honor, glory, and blessing. And I heard every created thing which is in heaven or on earth or under the earth or on the sea and all the things in them saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing the, the honor, the glory, and the dominion forever and ever. And the four living creatures were saying, Amen. That means just let it be so. And the elders fell down and worshipped. Isn't that great? That is so awesome, you guys. Hey, if you have not received Christ, if you have not received Jesus into your life, born again, you can do that right now. You can be guaranteed to go to heaven to see what we just read. You will be there and not in hell, not burning forever in the outer darkness of, of hell away from God. You won't be there. You'll be with God. You'll be looking at God and amazed. You know, it's not a boring thing to be looking at God like this and worshiping him. Some people think that that would be boring. No, 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 no. You're looking at the creator who made the galaxies, the universe, this earth, everything you love about this earth. If you enjoy all those things, he made all of it, you guys. He has all the power. You're going to be amazed forever and ever just looking at the face of God. You're going to be so blown away. It's going to be awesome. You'll also be saved. You'll be saved from damnation, from hell, from burning forever by yourself. It's it's not a place where you're going to go down and party with everybody. That's some, some people say that. It's really ignorant. No. Jesus spoke a lot about hell, and it was a place you did not want to go, a place of burning. Burning is a horrible way to die. But it never ends. It just goes on forever and ever. It was a place that was prepared for Satan and his demons, not for us. But if you choose to go there, you you refuse Christ and you choose hell, God's not going to force you to believe in him. He's a gentleman. So if you would like to receive Jesus, you've never received him, you've never prayed to receive him into your life, to be born again, you can do so right now. He's a simple prayer away, my friend. This could be the greatest moment of your life. This is a your this is a changing your eternal address. Where will you be in eternity? 
You ever think about that? Well, this is your promise. It's in the Bible. It, it's the words of Jesus. He promises you that if you do this, you'll be saved. So you can say this prayer after me. You are praying to God. And you're going to ask for forgiveness. And you're going to ask him to be your Lord. Inviting him into your heart, into your life to change you in a great way, my friend. All right, if this speaks to your heart, say this prayer after me. Repeat it after me. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner and I'm sorry for my sin. Please help me to turn from my sin. I believe that Jesus came and died on the cross for my sin. I believe he shed his blood for me. I also believe that in three days, he was raised from the dead and he's alive today. I thank you for forgiving me. I thank you for loving me. And I choose to follow you as my Lord and as my Savior from this day forward. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Woohoo! Hey, if you did that, my friend, please comment below. I would love to just pray for you, or you can even email me, um, whatever you need to do there. But hey, God bless you, my friend. And make sure you're going to a Bible-believing church or a fellowship of other believers. If you're in Israel, connect with the One for Israel people. They're really good, and they'll help you uh, get into some fellowship and some good Bible study. Make sure you pray every day, you guys. God bless you. Hey, I can't wait to get into Revelation 6 next time, guys. Looking forward to it. George Crabb signing out.